Hello, pilgrims. Welcome to the Harland Highway. <laughs> I don't know why I started with creepy old cowboy guy, but it just felt right. It just felt right, pilgrims. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'm Harland Williams. You are on the Harland Highway podcast. Whether you're a cowboy or not, uh, welcome to the wild frontier that is the Harland Highway. What a show today. Um, Aunt Ruthie's calling in. Our, our, my, my favorite aunt from Rochester, New York, has left a phone message for me. I haven't heard it yet. We're going to play it live on the show and see what the hell my crazy Aunt Ruthie has been up to. Uh, also on today's show, something very scary. There's something happening to us, ladies and gurgle nargans, out here in society. Something creepy and invasive, and it's slowly... Creeping into the fabric of who we are and our society and our planet. Wait till you hear about the creepy monster that's that's crawling into your life. Yeah, you might not even be aware of it. It's happening to you right now. Oh, yeah, this is kind of eerie. And then later on, we're going to be talking about a childhood memory. One of the pavement pounders called in and reminded me of Something that was really cool in my childhood that involved vans. So let's go. Get in your van. Let's drive. This is the Harland Highway. Put on your seatbelts. It's about to get bumpy. Oh, how perfectly awful. I get my kids above the waistline, sunshine. I know they take the bandages off. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Let us out of here! Please! Let me tell you. You're starting something here that... That's what you should be frightened of. Oh, fuck yeah, bud! Just leave us alone. Sit down, strap in, and shut up. What's going on? What's the matter? I thought maybe if I could kill him, I could make him stop. My mother never breastfed me. She told me she liked me as a friend. Who are we? This is the Harland Highway. What? It's the Harland Highway. It's, it's a cookbook. Yeah, it's... You hear that scary music? Because what I'm about to tell you is a scary story. This this freaked me out. This actually spooked me, okay? This involves you and me and everybody. This is kind of creepy. So, I'm out and about the other day with a friend. We're out driving and we end up in Beverly Hills. Okay, down here in California. We're over in the Beverly Hills area. And we go to lunch at a mall and we get in the car. And I start talking to my friend about the cell phone culture we're in. And we pull out of the underground garage at the mall, which is probably scarier than anything I'm talking about because they're scary places. And I said, to prove my point, I said, watch. I was talking about how immersed we are as a culture in our cell phones. And as we pulled out of the garage from the subterranean world up, up under the terrestrial plane, onto the, uh, you know, the topography of planet Earth, the, the, the top layer of the Earth's crust, if you will, I said to my friend, I said, look, look as we're driving along. 
And so we started driving along the surface streets. And I go, look at that person over there. First person we saw on their phone. I was like, you know, you know, they had the, they had that posture where they're they're standing there and they're looking down at their phone. And she was like, oh yeah, okay, so. And I'm not even making this up, folks. This is not a joke. This is this is for real. We keep driving. The next person, someone standing at a bus stop. Then we look over to the other side of the street. Someone jogging, earbuds in, looking down at their phone while they're jogging. Then we see a guy leaning against a pole jogging. And we drove, we drove probably about five miles. And in that five miles, ladies, and I'm not exaggerating, in that five miles, I would say that 75 to 80% of the people we saw on the sidewalk, on the street, were staring into their phone. I'm not making it up. I'm not exaggerating. Okay? I'm not talking about a street that was cascading with people like you'd see in New York. I'm talking about a, a street, surface streets where there's people. It wasn't like packed like a mob, but th there was people like every, you know, if I could calculate the amount of people we passed in five miles that were on the street, I'd say... I don't know, 200? In LA, you don't get tons of people out walking in the streets. But let's say 200, maybe 100, I don't know. But I'm not kidding, 70 to 80% of those people, some of them were sitting on a bench, some of them were waiting for a bus, some of them were crossing an intersection, some of them were standing at a valet parking, some of them were in front of an office building. And at first we started laughing. We were just going, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And then it was like, we kind of started getting spooked. We were like, holy fuck, there's another one. No, no way. There's another one. There's a, there was a homeless looking guy with one. And it got, it got really weird, man. When you really pay attention and look around, and this is an exercise I'm going to ask you to do. Next time you're out in broad daylight and you're just w driving or walking down the street, make a conscious effort to take a tally. Take a look around. And it's spooky, man. It was spooky. It, it, it was almost like I was watching like a weird mind control zombie movie. There's an old movie called B Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's an old black and white version they did way back in the 50s, I think. And then there was a newer version that came out, I think, in the 70s with Donald Sutherland. And it's a movie about these, these pods, these big spores, like seed type of things that float through the universe and, and floated down and landed on planet Earth. And what they did is they'd land near people and people who were asleep. And when they were asleep, the spores would send out these tentacles. And the tentacles would absorb the, the other, the, the human being's persona, their physical being, their, all of them. And what they would do is they would, they would duplicate them. 
They would duplicate the human being and become exactly like them and they'd stand up and then the human being that they sucked all the DNA and all the, uh, the, the, the life source from would crumble up into dust. And so there'd be no trace of the original you. Now there would be this, this new version of you. And it looked like you, it sounded like you, it walked and talked like you, but it had kind of this zombie brain. It, they, all the brains were connected. They all worked in tandem. They were all, they were all linked. They were all joined. And it started that they started to over, you know, they started to take over the city and the town. And all of a sudden, uh, if, if they came upon someone that wasn't like them, that wasn't a duplicate, it was really creepy in the Donald Sutherland m version of the movie. The, uh, the pod people would, all of a sudden their eyes would bulge out and they'd point their fingers and they'd just kind of do this weird scream. They'd be like, It was like this weird, horrific alien scream. And then, and then they'd all chase the original person down and, and force them to lie down with a pod and become a, a duplicate. And I'm telling you, man, I, 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 I drove by and saw all these people linked to their cell phones and staring into these screens and tuning out the rest of the world, immersed in the little rectangle in their hand, the glowing, alluring rectangle like a moth flying into a bug light. And the little glow up on their face and they, they were just sucked in. And they were talking to someone, or they're looking at a video, or they're watching the news, or they were, but they they were, the the world had become contained in the palm of their hand, and the world, the environment around them, no longer existed. And I was like, this is like a fucking horror movie, man. Doctor, will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late. Listen to me, please listen. If you don't. If you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! No! No, no, you've got to get out of here, please! They come from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet, bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super scope screen. It's whatever intelligence or instinct it is that Govern the forming of human flesh and blood out of thin air is fantastically powerful, beyond any comprehension. A cursed, dreadful, malevolent thing was happening to those he loved. This isn't just an ordinary body, is it? I never saw one like it. It looks unused. Miles, where do they come from? I don't know. Suddenly, while you're asleep, they'll absorb your minds, your memories. I don't want any part of it. You're forgetting something, Miles. What's that? You have no choice. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spreads. As the unimaginable becomes real, the impossible becomes true. Stop and listen! Stop and listen to me! Listen! Listen! Listen to me! They're not human!
just started thinking about apple as, you know, isn't it, isn't it interesting that apple is a fruit, and apple has seeds, and maybe apple is like the demon seeds that are coming down and, and sucking everyone's identity and soul into their rectangles. And it sounds kind of comedic, it sounds kind of silly, but I'm telling you, man, it, it eventually got a bit scary. Like, I was at the point where I, I wasn't really kind of fascinated and, and intrigued and amused anymore. Suddenly, I was like, this is fucking weird. This is fucking wrong. This is scary. What's happening to us? And that was the real big question mark. It's like, do we even know what's happening? Do we even see it? Do we even know that we're part of it? I'm part of it. I stare into my phone too. And I, it's almost like you can't resist it. You can't turn it off. You can't, you can't get away from it. It's like, it's, it's like they, they, these phones have control over us, ladies and gurgle glargans. And I can't see it getting any better. I, I only see it getting worse. And that was just me looking at them physically, and I'm thinking, what are they doing to us psychologically, physically? Physically, they're, 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 they're separating us. Physically, they're, they're, they're pulling us apart because we're becoming more interested in the rectangles in our hands than we are in the living human beings that, that surround us. So in the physical world, we're tuning out people physically. We're replacing physical human beings for an experience with our phones. And you have to start to go, what's it doing in my brain? I, I saw an article the other day that said, humans are having less sex now because they like to lay in bed at night and look at their phone. So instead of having sex or intercourse or fooling around they're, they're more intrigued by getting into their phone to see what's going on <gasps> and I'm not even joking are, are, are you know have you ever been have you ever done this have you ever been on a date or out with a friend and you're anxious to end the date or end end the the the, the uh, moment with your friend because you're anxious to get back to your house or into your car or into a a private space where you can start perusing your phone? Oh, I've been guilty of that. I've done it. I've been at movies with friends or I've been hanging out. I'm talking and I'm like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go, yeah. Hey, great to see you, yeah, 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 yeah. And I realize I wanna get away from them so I can get into my phone. What's my phone got to say? What's going on in my phone? Who's texting me? Who's talking to me? Who's on my social media? <gasps> I think all of you listening might be guilty of the same thing. They're taking over, ladies and gentlemen. They're getting to us. They're starting to control our actions, our physical actions, our mental actions, our psychological actions. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? What is freaking happening?
It's weird, and you you might think, oh come on, Harlan, what are you? Stop trying to scare us. Stop stop trying to fluff up the oh phone phone paranoia. Phonophobe, you're a phonophobe. I'm all, I'm 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 actually starting to wonder if someone's gonna report me. Wouldn't that be interesting if someone called Apple? Somebody called Verizon. Hey guys, listen, uh, I was listening to this podcast. And there was a guy talking about, uh, you know, how we're uh, getting too into the phones. And I'm, I'm thinking, shouldn't we shut him up? Can you send someone? Can you send someone from Apple, from the Apple store, an Apple genius in a blue t-shirt to track him down? He's got to be silenced. I don't want, I don't want anything coming between me and my phone. And if, if this guy's speaking out... He might change the relationship I'm having with my phone. So here's what I'm proposing, ladies and gentlemen. Do it. Here's your homework. Do it. I want you to take 15 minutes. At some point during the next week, take 15 minutes, wherever you may be, out walking. Maybe you're even driving like I did. And for 15 minutes only, maybe 10 if you don't have the time because you, you got to get into your phone. 10 or 15 minutes, just watch. Just drive. Just walk and look at everybody who passes you. If you go by a Starbucks, look in the window. See who's on their phone. If you're walking down the sidewalk and people pass you, see if they're on their phone. If you see a car go by, look in the window, see if they're on their phone. I want to see what percentage you come up with. I came up with 70 to 80%. Do you believe me? What kind of results will you have? The invasion of the body snatchers. Let me know if your phone allows you. They come from a dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt and they survive. The function of all life is survival. Sleep, sleep, sleep. From deep space, the seed is planted. Sleep. Sleep. Terror grows. Invasion of the body snatchers. It's got no detail, no character. It's unformed. All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. I can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed. It looked right at me. You're looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. <laughs> We're being cornered. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. They're barricading the street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy. 
invasion of the body snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. From Apple headquarters, the seed is planted. Cell phone plan grows. Wow. Little creepy, right? Little freaking creepy. Something to think about. Do your homework. Get back to me. Let me know what your ratio is when you do your 10-minute test or your 15-minute test. Let me know what the percentages of people you see in your environment or community with their face buried in their phone. Ooh, all right. Let's move on, man. Let's move on. What? Oh, really? Yeah, we haven't heard from her for a while. Aunt, Aunt Ruthie's, she's oh, she's left a message. Okay, well, talk about going from uh, phone terror to phone voicemail terror. My Aunt Ruthie, who lives up in Rochester, New York, always calls me. She checks in, you know, my mother's sister, and she's wonderful. I love her. I grew up with her. She was always around, and uh, she just, I guess she misses me. She likes to keep in touch, and she leaves these long-winded cell phone messages, and I always kind of get a kick out of them, and let's just play it, Raj. Here it is. Here's my uh, lovable Aunt Ruthie calling in, leaving me a phone message from Rochester, New York. Hello. Hello, Angel. Are you there? Oh, my God. Hello, Angel. It's your Aunt Ruthie calling. How are you today, Angel? Oh, my God. I missed you so much. We're calling from Rochester, New York, Angel. I don't know if it, you know, my phone line tells you that when it picks up or whatnot. But, oh, my God. I had to call you, Angel. We had a bit of an event happen at the house here the other day. You know, your Uncle Harry was sitting here watching his television shows and... I know you're down there in the Hollywoods making your own TV shows and your televisions and so on and whatnot. We're, ne- we're never sure what you're up to, you little bastard, you little freckle-faced fuck. But anyhow, uh, we were sitting here watching Uncle Harry's shows. He likes to watch Bonanza. You know how Uncle Harry likes the cowboys and the Indians. And all of a sudden, I don't know why, maybe it's because your Aunt Ruthie washed the windows about a week ago, a goddamn bird flew into the glass. It was some kind of grackle or something. I don't know, it was black and had speckles on it. I don't know if it had AIDS or something, but... So, you know, I went out there, I slid the, the, the door open, and I went outside, and I picked the little fucker up. I mean, he was laying there, his feathers flew all over the place, he looked like his beak was half crooked, his eyes were all fucking rolled out like he was sucking on an LSD chocolate bar or something, you know, and... So I felt sorry for the little twat. He was laying on the ground, all pulverized and whatnot. So your Aunt Ruthie brought him in the kitchen and put him in a little box, and I could see his little feet twitching and his, you know, his poor thing. He was breathing, and I thought, oh, my God, I've got to help this little fuck. So, you know, I put him in the box, and I put a nice little, you know, a cloth over his body to keep the little bastard warm, and... I went back to watch television with your Uncle Harry while, you know, the little bird just caught its breath, so to speak, Angel. 
And I guess, you know, the thing came around quicker than I thought, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, the goddamn grackle or whatever the hell it is is flocking around the uh, goddamn living room. And your Uncle Harry's waving his cane around like he's Babe Ruth on a fucking, you know, the World Series baseball game. He's just trying to hit a home run with this goddamn grackle. And, uh, you know, it's flying around, and it lands in my wig, for Christ's sake. And, you know, these birds have clawed feet. They look like, you know, fucking, uh, you know, uh, Doris Day after a day of peeling oranges at a fucking pine cone festival or something. You know, Angel. And, and so all of a sudden, this fucking grackle's got a hold of my wig, and he lifts it right off my head. And now we got my orange wig flying around the goddamn living room, and you... Uncle Harry's swinging at my fucking wig like a, you know, a little Mexican boy, a pinata, trying to get a bunch of candy out of a donkey's ass, Angel. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm bald as Ewell Brenner, for fuck's sake. I look like Kojak just had babies on a fucking mule yacht, whatever that means. And I'm, like, crying, and I'm screaming, and your Uncle Harry's... It's like we have a wig bat flying around the fucking house, and he's swinging away and missing, of course. He knocked the light bulb out, and he smashed some pictures off the wall, and I'm like, open the goddamn door, Harry. Let the fucking wig bat out or whatever the fuck it is. So Harry finally stumbles to the door, and I'm screaming and crying. I look bald as a fucking shaved cactus angel. So we open the door, and this goddamn wig bat flies out, and it flocks right onto a little kid who's riding his bike down the sidewalk, of course, Angel. And, you know, he gets right in his face, and suddenly this little boy, must have been nine years old, reminded me of you, by the way, little angel. Do you remember when you used to ride your bike up and down the street, remember? And that one time you drove right through a big pile of dog shit and you swerved and slid all over the street and rammed into the garbage truck and knocked your front fucking teeth out, little angel. Oh, you were so cute. Anyways, this fucking grackly wing bat flies right into this fucking boy's face and now he can't see. So now he's driving all over the sidewalk. He veers right into traffic. He gets hit by a fucking Corvette Stingray, for Christ's sake. Flies up in the air. Lands in the passenger seat because it was a convertible. I mean, it's still warm enough that people can drive with this, their hoods down, Angel. And now this fucking kid's driving around with a complete stranger. Me and Uncle Harry run in the house and we issue an Amber Alert because we think this fucking kid's been abducted by someone in a fucking silver Corvette Stingray. So, you know, we tell the police and they put out an Amber Alert. Please watch for a young child with a red wig and a bird on his fucking face and a, and a silver Corvette Stingray. And all this, from, you know, just the whole neighborhood's in a panic, Angel, and this fucking child's being taken who knows where, maybe to be sodomized behind a Denny's. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, what child pervert doesn't like a boy with an orange wig on his face and a grackle in his fucking hair, you know? So, you know, this is just the world we live in, Angel. 
So now the whole neighborhood's shitting its pants because my fucking grackle wigs on a fucking abducted boy's face and some child pervert who knows if Jared from Subway Sandwiches drives a silver Corvette. It's possible. It looks like he did well with his whole sandwich campaign. And now he's got a fucking boy with a wig on his head pleasuring his submarine sandwich, for Christ's sake. And we're just all so upset. And we're waiting to find out what happened to wig-faced grackle fuck, the little boy. That's what your Uncle Harry calls him, not me, child. But anyways, Angel, I shouldn't concern you with all this, but I just wanted to let you know. And we're going to be okay. We'll keep you posted what happened with the Amber Alert. And hopefully that little fuck's okay and we get the wig off his face. And more than anything, I just want my hair back, Angel. And I wanted you to know we're thinking about you and we love you. And you're our little freckle-faced angel. Uncle Harry wants to say hi. Harry, will you say hi to your, your nephew here, your little Holland Williams? He's down in Hollywood. Harry! Oh, Harry mumbles like he's got a goddamn koala fart stuck in his throat, for Christ's sake. Anyways, we both love you, Angel, and we'll let you know what happens with the wig-faced boy, okay? Thank you. We love you. Call me when you can. And Ruthie loves you. Oh, my God. What's that, Harry? You can see him rolling down the stairs. Oh, my God. Call the police. Oh, my God. Can, can we take a normal phone call, Roger? Just like a normal voicemail from, from one of the pavement pounders that's not crazy, that's not weird, that's not fucking manic like that, please? Thank you. Hey, Harland. It's Pod Guy from the Pod Couple podcast. I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you were talking about your waterbed. And uh, I think you were even inviting somebody to, quote, take a nap in it so and something about uh some kind of voodoo skull above it well i was just wondering uh if you had a boogie van with a waterbed in it did you have a shagging wagon harland was it tricked out was the inside covered with crushed velvet shag carpet maybe you had some beaded curtains in your boogie van did it have that crazy bubble thing on the side? What was up with that thing? Like, did you have to actually cut into the van to put that bubble window in there? I don't know. What about, did you have a chain steering wheel? What did you have painted on the side? Hmm? Did you have psychedelic wizards, magic mushrooms, naked slave girls? Maybe the cover of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, hmm? Yeah, well, I bet you would go cruising for chicks and have the fog hat cranked or maybe April wine. Um, I don't know. Harlan, did you have a boogie van? Did you ever want one? I did. Anyways, keep on trucking, Harlan. Um, yeah, that... That's what I mean, like a normal phone call, a normal, just a normal, no bullshit, um, just average, gee. yeah, my waterbed, uh, you know, hey, if, if you want to take a nap in my waterbed with the uh, water buffalo skull hanging over the top, you you're, have at it, man. 
It's not at my house. I keep it at one of those um, those those um, rental garages. You know the orange ones. You you can buy like a, a a garage with an orange door and rent it. That's where I keep my waterbed. So I uh, you know I'll I'll give you the combo to the lock and you go have a nice slumber. Yeesh. But speaking of the uh, the the, uh, the van now that that's familiar territory. Well, I was just wondering uh, if you had a boogie van with a waterbed in it. Did you have a shagging wagon, Harland? Was it tricked out? Oh, the shagging, the boogie van, the shagging wagon. What what this gentleman's talking about is back in the 70s, and yes, I was alive and walking the streets in the 70s. God, where has the time gone? There was a time for about maybe five years when the rage was to have a van and not just a van like, you know, the the same vans they have today. But back then they would trick them out, man. They would get vans. And what you kind of had to do to be part of the clique is you had to gut the inside, fill it with shag carpet and put a bed in it. And and uh, you'd cut you'd cut holes in the in the backsides of the upper panel and you'd put. You'd put a little uh, black window that was shaped like a, a porthole or a, a, a circle, and it would bubble out. Some of them had a teardrop-shaped bubble window, and you had a CB radio, and you had the, the, a bar inside, and you had seats, and you had a stereo speakers all the way through, and you could open the back, and people could party in your van. And then the pios de resistance is, of course, you had to have the mag wheels and all this and that. But the big deal was you had to have, a, have an air, airbrushed mural on the side of your shagging wagon, man. You had to have like, a oh, these elaborate airbrushed uh, paintings were done on the side. It'd be a caveman you know, taking 12 polar bears for a walk, or it'd be like, uh, you know, Thor, the god of thunder. It'd be like a skull. Or it'd be like, uh, you know, a dragon with fire coming out of its face. I mean, these vans were like, there were whole magazines dedicated to these vans. It was like a whole cool scene, man. You were the coolest person in the world if you had a a tricked-out custom van. Did you ever want one? I did. Anyways, keep on trucking, Harlan. Aw, maybe I did too, you know? I mean, what, what young kid didn't want one? But here's, here's where it gets cool. I had an older cousin, my cousin Tommy Williams on my dad's side, and he had one, man. Oh, yeah, we'd go over to his house or he'd come over to our place. I mean, it was it was amazing. He he was like he was like my my God. He was the coolest guy I ever knew, man. He had like a brown like copper colored van, and he had the teardrop bubble window in the back, and he had the mag wheels, and you'd go inside, and I I can't remember, but I think he I know he had shag carpet. I think it was purple. <laughs> he didn't have the crushed velvet, but he had the purple purple like interior like the walls and the ceiling were shaggy might have had like a velvet couch or something i know there was other stuff in there my 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 memory's a bit foggy but then i remember sitting up in the front seat he had tricked out like the panel 
you know, the, the, the front panel and he'd put like a, you know, you got the panel where your steering wheel is and you got the, the odometer and the speedometer and the gas gauges and the radio and all that stuff. And it all lights up. So what he had did is he, he'd built a customized wooden panel up above where the sun visors are. So you had your first panel where the steering wheel was, but then you'd go up and up above. You had all these, all these things, and he had a CB radio up there, and he had like a stereo, and he had big speakers. Oh, my God, it was so cool. And I'll never forget it, man. He, he, we were sitting in there, and he started playing that song by Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And, and so here I am, this little kid. I can't remember. I, I was probably like eight or nine years old. And I'm, I'm sitting in my big cousin Tommy's, like, tricked-out van. And it was like magic, man. It was like, it's like being in the cockpit of a jet engine, man. Everything was lit up and green, and there was shag on the, on the dashboard. And, and there was my cool cousin. He had, a, he had, like, a Tom Selleck mustache, and he was, like, he's just cool. And I knew Tommy had lots of, like, hot girlfriends and... And I was like, oh, man, look at me and my cousin's grown-up, like, tricked-out van, bro. And it was just kind of like a magical childhood memory that I've, I've always retained. So if nothing else, my sad friend, who has no waterbed or no van to lay in, you've, you've triggered some fond memories for me. And, uh, and man, it's just, just awesome. And I was like, oh, man, I got, like, the coolest cousin, man. Like, he's got, he's got one of these crazy vans. And he's like, oh, he's so... I, I just thought he was the coolest, man. And the van was the coolest. And then, and then the whole van thing just kind of faded away eventually. And I never... I, I, I should ask him one day whatever happened to his, his boogie van or whatever you call it. I don't... I can't remember if he had the chain steering wheel or... But I, I seem to remember everything was kind of customized right so I hope that answers your question man um, like I said you're free to use the uh, the water bed it's in the storage unit and uh, no no boogie van for me but man I wish I had one just the way it sounds like you wish you had one I don't know Harlan did you have a boogie van did you ever want one I did anyways Keep on trucking, Harlan. Yeah, man, I'll keep on trucking. Let's both keep on trucking in our boogie vans in the imaginations of our minds. How's that? Why don't we just pretend we have them, and that'll make everything okay. All right? There you go. Um, so let's see. Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on? Let's, uh, let's do some announcements. I think we end the show on that happy little memory, right? Um, let's see, let's see, what do we got? We got some, uh, some stand-up comedy gigs coming up. Oh yeah, tonight I start in, uh, in Schaumburg, just outside of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. Schaumburg, Illinois, yes indeed. Uh, at the Improv, that'll be October 28th, or September 28th to October 1st. God, I keep making that mistake. September 28th to October 1st. Uh, come and check me out. Uh, tickets at harlowilliams.com. And then uh, later in the month, I'll be in Irvine, California at the Improv. And then I'll be at Flappers 
Comedy Club in Burbank, California. Then I'll be in Buffalo, New York at the Helium Club. Then I'm going to be in San Jose at the Improv. And then Edmonton at the House of Comedy. So check out my website, harlandwilliams.com. Go to the stand-up comedy tour link and you can book your tickets in advance please while you're there check out our our merch store at harlowilliams.com buy yourself some fun gifts uh also uh join our premium membership at harlowilliams.com 20 bucks a year gets you all the podcasts all of the podcasts ever recorded of the harland highway and also get our free app at harlowilliams.com and uh it's all groovy, man. It's all groovy. So uh, yeah, man. Let's uh, let's keep uh, motoring. Let's uh, close it up, Raj, for another uh, another uh, show, another successful podcast. We'll leave you with uh, the remainder of the uh, the meatloaf song. And uh, and that's it. Until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Before we go any further, do you love me? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Will you make me away? Do you love me? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it Let me sleep on it, I'll give you an answer in the morning Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it Let me sleep on it, I'll give you an answer in the morning Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it Sleep on it. I'll give you an answer in the morning. I gotta know right now. Do you love me? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Will you make me a wild? I gotta know right now. Before we go any further, do you love me? Will you love me forever? What's it gonna be? I can wait all night What's it gonna be, boy? Yes or no? What's it gonna be, boy? Yes or no? Let me sleep on it Baby, baby, let me sleep on it Well, let me sleep on it
can really survive I'll never break my promise or forget my vow 